for the first time in what over two years, almost two years. We've got in studio Merle Purvis and Joey Solopec and Bill Gurner. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. It's Good morning. a pleasure to have you all in studio. When I was reading, so first of all, you guys and Bill and I, we did not work in TV news, so I'm going to zone in on you two real quick. Joey and Merle, you worked together for how many years? 18. So yeah. 18 years together. You have a friendship and a oh, rapport. No, we have, or you have the TV report where viewers, they're huge fans of the team you guys assemble together, working together. What was interesting is I was talking to Joey is the friendship was just not for TV. It extended well beyond just the cameras and off air. Well, you know, what was unique is 18 years ago, actually now it's probably closer to 20, 20, 20 years ago. Um, we both came on board uh, at, at a local station at the same, almost the same time, about six months. So we were both sort of the, you know, the new guys at this station. We'd worked at other stations. and um, Joey's about six months ahead of most people. <laughs> just, yeah. I just thought I'd throw that in. Sure. Okay. But you know how God puts people in your life certain times uh, for certain reasons. And it was just um, a blessing in so many ways to have somebody at your office who you connect with on so many levels, uh, you know, you, you share religious views, you share political views, you just kind of click with. So, and, and, and sometimes as you can, as you know, in an office place, sometimes you get in the foxhole together because there's battles going on around, you know, around you <laughs> and it's like anywhere else. So it, it, it has been a long and wonderful friendship. So let's go back. Um, who started first? At the the station, I did. Joey yeah. started first. Yeah. Now, Merle, it's interesting. Did you start in Memphis, Tennessee? Because I know you anchor reported in Charlotte, Nashville, Jackson. Uh-huh. But you I started in Jackson, Jackson, my hometown, Mississippi, uh, and then left there. Went to Charlotte because I got an incredible raise, uh, eighteen thousand dollars. And then from there, <laughs> I, and I honestly remember when they said, we're going to give you $18,000. I said, I accept. <laughs> I, no, first I, I, you know, I, I said my prayers of thanks. And then I started wondering, what am I going to do with all that money? <laughs> well, Bill, now I know. <laughs> um, so then Charlotte for two years. And from Charlotte, the station went under. It was an old Ted Turner station. They closed, and then I went to work in Nashville for eight years. Nashville to Connecticut, Connecticut, back home south to uh, Channel 5, and then went into banking and then came back to Fox 13. Let me ask this. I've never asked this. When you were a a dancer at JSU, did you have an NIL deal? Did you not make any money? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, here, here was my NIL deal. If you don't keep a 3.5 average, not only will you lose your scholarship, uh, but we, you will be kicked out of this school in shame. We had to practice four hours a day after school, and I had to keep up my 3.5 average in order to keep my scholarship. So is that the same? 
It, well, <laughs> I wish you had made more money. They're making money My now. name would have gone yeah. down. There would have been no image, and no one would have liked me. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. So for the young journalists, aspiring journalists, was it the same back in the day as it is now? I remember my professors, my journalism professors, said if you Google the salary of a journalist, that is true. That is not a fake headline. <laughs> You'll be lucky if you're making more than what you would make at the gas station down the street. And it is true. Was it the same back in the day? I think you would make more at a gas station because sometimes that would yeah. be a tip, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes you could get like the free peanuts in a gas station. You don't get those at a TV station. Yeah, you know, the money's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. Okay, so you work together for so many years. I've got to ask, Merle, what about Memphis made it home for you that this was going to be where you extend your TV career? Um, probably it was close to Mama Nim. Uh, And they were in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm from a family of nine kids. And so most of them were living in Jackson. Jackson State University graduates come to Memphis and parts beyond, but certainly Memphis. Uh, In fact, there were six people in the station who had gone to Jackson State who were working at the NBC station. So that made it home. I mean, the Mississippi River was under three miles from the front door of the station. Um, People are just kind. One of the things I remember in the Northeast in Connecticut was being asked, are y'all's roads paved? (laughs) (laughs) And it was not being nasty. That was what was terrible. They weren't being mean. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I may have been a little snippy in my answer. I said, Yes, 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 they are. And we have more than one highway. That was kind of mean on my part. But but being back here where I knew what to expect from people, uh, I had lived it. I knew people were very kind. Uh, or if they weren't kind, they would always bless your heart. And so I was watching your sign off on your last broadcast. And one thing stuck out to me, and I'm curious Joey as well you've been in this industry the the thing that is lacking sometimes is loyalty and you said the thing that I value most is loyalty and what I found in Memphis Tennessee is our viewers are the most loyal bunch of people in America period hands down same same response you know what what I have learned and I'm a lifelong Memphian too went to you know scenic hills Egypt elementary Raleigh Egypt Memphis State Memphis in the Mid-South is very familial. And when I say familial, I mean once you get to know somebody, it's almost like they're part of your family. Period. Right? Yeah. And, and it crosses all boundaries. It's a beautiful thing. And it's one of the things I love about Memphis. I spoke to, we had a woman yesterday calling to FCG uh, who found me from Facebook, who's from Indiana, transplanted to Memphis. And... We, she was talking about she has she's in her 70s. She says, you know, I'd like to pass away where my family is in Indiana. And I said, well, what keeps you from traveling back? She said, everybody here is so friendly. Hmm. Now, yep. I was listening on the way in. We do battle crime issues, serious crime issues. But let's not underscore that there's most Memphians are against crime and are very loving towards each other. I mean, that's a that's a true yeah. that's a true thread. I don't like to just. We see a lot of negative news because that's people need to know what's going on. But we're a city that really rallies together. You can't you can't ignore that. Yeah, it's that grit. 
Um, I think that's how I would describe it. And I'm the novice. All right? I'm, I'm new to the scene and I'm from the north and I got here and I was running downtown and these people are pulling me off to this. How's your day? I'm going, why are you talking to me? <laughs> I, I typically just keep my head down. <laughs> and, and He's the, not kidding. That, that's you know, the truth. Everybody. I like I was driving for the first time. I'd never been in Memphis. I get a job in Tennessee. I assume Gatlinburg because I had been to Gatlinburg. Um, and then I go to the gas station as I'm getting closer to the Bluff City. And the more stops that I made, the more they wanted to know about my life. I'm right. like, you are a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, I mean, how about when they said, what church you go to? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And it doesn't. And that was the other takeaway. As someone that covered in news in Connecticut, there is a church on every corner here in the Mid-South. I guess it's why we call it the Bible Belt. Um, I am curious, and what I want to do is throw open our phone line. Let's take some calls. Um, a lot of people miss you too, and Bill as well. Bill, we're coming to you because we're talking FCG. We've got to talk about money. That's what we do <laughs> at 820 on The Morning Show. So stand by for that conversation on your finances. But if you've got a question for Merle or Joey, you can call in and ask that, 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. Last question on this issue. How with the crime that you covered every single day in your broadcast, what was the therapy bill? Like how genuinely, because I, as someone who's covered it, it is dark and heavy. So how yeah. do you separate the good from the bad? Uh, well, I, our best times in the studio would be the breaks between the news blocks because how else would we get through that if we did not find each other and laugh about something else that happened that day? Mm-hmm. And uh, both of us are faithful. We are both faithful people. We believe in God. And so we had that to cling to because we knew it was out of our hands and we knew that uh, a person can be a criminal, but can also on a Wednesday, but can be saved by Wednesday night. Uh, doesn't mean you won't go to prison, but it does mean that there's something bigger for you yeah. down the road. Yeah. I think we both believed in redemption. Yeah. You know, and when you cover news for that long and you've seen it hour after hour after hour, You've got to decompress, so the, the commercial breaks were usually like a circus. And we work with we work with good people. Good, yeah. We had good people we, that we still keep up with. Um, but you believe in redemption. You want justice, but you want redemption. Yeah. All right. Well said. I could not agree with you more. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Joey Solopec, Merle Purvis, and, of course, my good friend Bill, who's sitting over here. <laughs> I was talking to Bill, and I said, do we just go get brunch and let these two take over the broadcast? We'll go over to Sunrise. We'll be right back. All right, so let's talk finances, which we still can do with our guests in studio. Bill Gerner with FCG, Joey Solopec, and of course, Merle Purvis. A lot of people saying they appreciate um, you dropping by the studio. I will say, because this is a radio format, it's probably nice to not be on camera. Can I ask? <gasps> you, know, you didn't have to do well, makeup. I, like, well, you, look at me. She looks fantastic, though, doesn't she? She looks fantastic. I am in a, uh, a Grizzly sweatshirt 
and some leggings and that's what supermodels do yeah oh yeah they don't have to try but I can tell you right now if the news director ever caught Merle on air with the hoodie as she's wearing this morning <laughs> do you have a job the next day that's the question it's a it, nice format isn't it it is a grizzly it's a hoodie very nice format <laughs> alright um, I wanted to talk about although the, could I please say that sure. um, how did you exactly get your hair looking that good Wow. For radio. I mean, now I'm blushing. How about that? Did Merle do this to you? Is that why you like her so much? I mean, no. I'm blushing. <laughs> it's authenticity. That's very kind. Well, I'm 25, so give me oh. 10 years in this industry, Please. and it, it goes. So let's talk real quick about the economy. This is probably one of the biggest concerns for most Americans. It doesn't matter what your political status is. A lot of people are just struggling to put food on the table. Here is the Kellogg CEO saying right now, because of the economy and inflation, a lot of their families that they have provided cereal for are doing cereal for dinner. Take a listen and cut it. The cereal category has always been quite affordable and it tends to be a great destination when consumers are under pressure. So some of the things that we're doing is first messaging. We got to reach the consumer where they are. So we're advertising about cereal for dinner. If you think about the cost of cereal for a family versus what they might otherwise do, that's going to be much more affordable. The other places that we like to go is we talk about making sure we have the right pack at the right price in the right place. So having a different size pack that'll have a different price point, that'll take some pressure off the consumer while they're shopping. So those are some of the things that we're doing. But in, in general, the cereal category is a place that a lot of folks might come to because they, the price of a bowl of cereal with, with milk and with fruit is less than a dollar. So you can imagine why a consumer under pressure might find that to be a good place to go. Right. I'm all for innovation and marketing, but the idea of having cereal for dinner, um, is there the potential for that to land the wrong way? Uh, we don't think so. In fact, it's landing really well right now, Carl. When we look at all of our data, of course we would know that breakfast cereal is the number one choice for in-home consumption. We understand that for breakfast. It turns out that over 25% of our consumption is outside the breakfast occasion. A lot of it's at dinner, and that, that occasion continues to grow, as well as the snacking occasion. But um, cereal for dinner is something that is, is probably more on trend now, and we would expect to continue as that consumer is under pressure. I have to admit, as a busy mom, I've had cereal for dinner more than once recently. So, Gary, I guess uh, maybe your marketing is, is working on me. All right, Bill. So the new trend, cereal for dinner. I mean, at one time, my mom would have killed us if we had you know, Lucky Charms for the evening spread. But with the economy, the way that it is right now, a lot of people are looking to alternative measures. Before I get into that, you never asked me about my TV experience. <laughs> I, I was stand on, corrected. I was Bill. on Mars Patrol with Wink Martindale, and I was excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, get a job. This is fantastic. I did not know you had a TV portfolio. No, no I wish I had a video of it, because I think I was pretty good with my little gun on there. Ray gun. Yeah. So, so Bill, I think for a lot of families right now and uh, focus on finance is just trying to make ends meet. And if that looks like cereal, but you cut the corners, you save a couple dollars, maybe that is the way forward. I love cereal. As a matter of fact, that's right down my wheelhouse because I played pickleball the other night. And before I played, I had a bowl of cereal for dinner. And that's the truth. What kind? <laughs> Whatever kind. 
kind makes you so aggressive on the pickleball <laughs> <laughs> Makes him win. What, whatever makes you win, he right. ate. I ate Cheerios, but... Uh, oh, there you go. But the other thing, it's a lot where you shop, and you can get coupons, and, you know, Walmart has cheap groceries, and you can save probably about 20% there. I know Tim Tebow eats a, a box of cereal every day, so it's probably pretty expensive for him, but... But it's not unusual, I think, for some people to have cereal for dinner, and it works. Well, and plus, let's in perspective, we live in the South, and, and some of us grew up country, or you know somebody that grew up country, and we've, we've had families that have had to scramble to put meals together for years. Uh, it may not be cereal. It may be leftover biscuits. It might be, I mean, that's a reality when you live in a... Right. When you live in an economically, you talk, you've talked about this before. Yeah. Well, I mean, and of course, it was always a competition with Daryl Green because right. he was always the poorest person in the land. <laughs> so uh, but we would stretch tuna. I mean, you know, nine kids, we would stretch tuna. In fact, my one of my best friends from uh, elementary school, Malcolm, always used to say, I, you know, I ate that tuna with y'all because I felt sorry for you. But every day it was like, Mike, you want dinner? No, ma'am, I don't, because it was tuna. I think we've always had to stretch the meals. And sometimes it was to make a choice about whether or not you were going to be able to, you know, have a new pair of shoes for one of the siblings. But whatever, we made it through and we were fine. To this day, some might call me cheap. I say thrifty. I love black beans and rice. Mm -hmm. I can live off that. Wow. It's nutritious. And uh, and then, you know, I hit it's through. easy to make, too. Well, I've seen her live off one crystal for a week. That's she, that's how she eats like a small bird. Well, we but gonna tell I, 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 this is the real hour here. Real talk. Um, you know, keep in mind, though, too, Ben, we talked about this last week to tie it all back in. People say, why are things so high at the grocery store? Let's start with energy. Your energy costs are high. That pays all the way forward to the grocery store. Those farmers that are paying for diesel have got to charge more for your gallon of milk. And so now we've got families that were already struggling and we still got inflation. Yeah. It's tough. I think the other thing too is we're faced with an obesity epidemic in the city. I mean, you guys are in news. We know that our city struggles with that. But can you blame these families um, to look at the choices on the shelves. You could buy the organic option, but that's going to cost you four extra more dollars. I mean, you could go to Chipotle, but that bowl of steak is going to cost you $15 as opposed to going to Popeye's or, I mean, one of these cookout, for example, you can get the whole meal for the family in under $15. Yeah, you know, I've been, Merlin and I both, we spoke to thousands of school kids over the years. These parents would love to send them with oranges, apples, fresh fruits, expensive Mm-hmm. It's cheaper because we subsidize corn to give fattening foods. And that's the reality is we've made it too expensive to be healthy. I have a headline that I want to throw at you. And this is not going to be relevant to many of our listeners, but it caught my eye because I cannot tell you how many headlines include the word Ozempic. So more Americans, according to Goldman Sachs, are taking Ozempic now more than ever. And they say it is boosting the U.S. economy. Productivity. Joey, it's productivity. It's how so. Listen, we do have an obesity problem. It's it's how our food chain is built. We subsidize foods that are not healthy for you, and so there's a glut up. You go to the chip aisle. Just look at the chip aisle or soda aisle at any supermarket. Mm-hmm. These new weight loss drugs, and Bill and I and our team study these stocks and these companies every day. Get ready; they're going to revolutionize not just the nation, 
but the world. You know, they're going to revolutionize and change our culture because they work. All the data, all the research shows amazing things. Now, there's a bit of a stigma to them right now, which I don't understand. That's going to fall away as people find themselves healthier. You know, I've already seen reports from Walmart, PepsiCo, that they are, they're seeing drops in certain products because people are buying less junk and trying to eat at healthier and eat less. But back to the productivity, that article you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, they're saying, okay, heavier people don't uh, are they're sick more yeah there's just less production time it just goes with health as your health improves yeah it's like um when you when your bmi uh the chart that tells you whether you are obese or not sure uh, if you are a few points over uh you qualify for certain kinds of meds to be covered by insurance i just had my physical and she said okay you're you're up you're over that number and so I said, oh, yum, do I qualify for Ozempic? She said, you do not. You, you will need to eat a lot more in order to qualify, but you, we're going to give you this, this, and this. And I do recommend in order to get your A1C, the number that measures how you process insulin, you know, glucose, uh, I recommend that you just pay for it yourself. Interesting. It's very expensive. expensive. Very. So now I've just upped my walking game to twice a day. And you're not taking a diabetes medication to lose weight. I think that's the win-win. We're going to take a break. More on the other side. In the meantime, go to fcgtn.com. We'll be right back. It's a jealous the people want to hear Bill Gurner. <laughs> the people want to hear from Bill. Bill, the floor is yours. Getting messages. Where's Bill? There you I, are. I think what I'd like to talk about is leadership. <laughs> and I think uh, a lot of companies that don't do well lack leadership. And uh, I think that's one thing that we have at FCG. I mean, we have we have good leaders with Joey and uh, Dennis and... and uh, and others that we're when you talk about finance and the success of a company is of any company is the people you have around you right if you have weak people around you you're going to have a weak company but you can see the strength that we have with joey uh he's got all kind of credentials i mean and it's just wonderful to be around people and, and i think when you are with a company that has weak leadership then it's something you can't wait to get away from Mm-hmm. And when I was at Ferrell Express and ran, ran their pension plan, the motto was people, service, service, and profit. And the way you treat people is very important. And I think at FCG, we've, we do that as well as anyone. So yeah. that's my two cents worth on leadership. Great plug for your company. And uh, I've been over there, and I know of what you speak. Also, Bill's portfolio is incredible. Talking about pensions, did FedEx. So the guy knows of what he speaks. Um, write down their telephone number if you have any questions. We try to do these segments, what well, we do them every Wednesday at 820. Here's their telephone number. You can get a free chat, right? That's what you want. You want someone to hear you. 901-309-2680. That is 901-309-2680. Or you can visit their website, at fcgtn.com Merle I just I just asked Joey should I tell them why I chose FCG yes uh, I, I have uh, two plans but 
I chose FCG for the reason that I'll bet Bill will say you should never do. And why is that? I chose it because that's where Joey was. Didn't do my research, nothing. Uh, And then uh, I didn't know I'd also make money. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just saying, Bill, the team, Joey, they know what they're doing. Thank goodness that for people like me who were emotional in that choice, um, uh, they also take care of. Did I here when we talked to you in the first segment you said banking yes did you too once have a career in the world of finance i did and there is a really good reason i'm no longer there (laughs) 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 i chose uh i chose my invest one of my investment companies because of my friend and so that's probably not a good idea i did love banking because the thing that i love most was financial literacy Mm -hmm. teaching people I don't care how little you think you earn, some of that has to stay with you. You cannot have money and spend it. That's just it. Ouch. Ouch. That is some word. That is a truth nugget being dropped by Merle Purvis on The Morning Show. It's, It's not just me picking stocks. We have a team. And as I said earlier, I'm only as good as the team around me. And it's very important that you have people that are qualified i have ken and joe and joey and Dennis. mike and others there and, and it's just wonderful to be around people that are so talented well and let me uh, sort of build on something merle said as well because this is crucial when you're coming to any business decision no matter what it is you know trusting somebody is critical and that's that's what i tell anybody even if i'm telling them to go here or pointing them another direction she knew we were going to take care of her. You know, she didn't do the initial research, but I think it's turned out pretty well for you. Uh, it's turned out very well. <laughs> you know, so, so that, that, that's my encouragement to anybody is, you know, look for people who you believe are working in your best interest, your mm-hmm. fiduciary interest, that are just going to take care of you. You yeah, know, that's, yeah. that's what you need. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about the future of news. This would be a pivot. That's what we call it in the industry. Um, because you had mentioned, Merle, the reason this is a nice format is you don't have to you know, show up with a full face of makeup, do the hair, wear the wardrobe. And we were talking over the break about how it has changed so much where people are consuming their news off their, off their cell phones. For you, as someone who's walked away from news... Right. I, I was... Um Joey was talking about not getting emotional. It was very important to me that none of what Merle Purvis feels or believes was put upon our viewers because I'm not smart enough to make a decision or to steer you towards a decision that affects your family. You know your family. You know what your family needs. And it had, it should have nothing to do with my, how my eyes open wide at a certain sentence or where I say, mm, or anything like that, where I have my pauses. I just look at news today. And I'm sorry about all the layoffs that are happening because everybody needs work Mm -hmm. or should be working if you're not wealthy. And even if you're wealthy, you should be working. But anyway, I just think it is a difficult job to do now. It was more difficult, in my opinion, before. But I think it's, it's harder for you because of what you are now competing with on a 
hourly basis. There's been there's been an evolution. Did you guys see that in the newsroom as you were broadcasting these long careers where you were rapidly trying to keep up with the Joneses and reach that audience? Yeah. Uh, before I answer that, quick shout out to DG. Darryl oh, yeah, Green. Daryl's already texted he, he just, us and said he's the poorest of all. He said he really knew how to stretch a meal. He wanted to make sure I told everybody that. FCGTN.com. Yeah, Daryl stretched a meal. <laughs> Love you, brother. Uh, well, bring your money to Joey. <laughs> so, you know, Merle and I have laughed about this over 20 years of working together. Think about the past 20 years. We saw uh, Twitter begin. We saw, you know, TikTok was on the horizon. Facebook was about to explode. You were just talking then about how the news industry has changed so dramatically. And just from your angle, and we sat there and watched that evolution over 20 years. It was like flipping the pages of a book and watching it just go, wow, it's changing, 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 yeah. changing. It's so hard now because you, you don't know which news sources to trust. Right. That's the issue is who's vetting your news. So once again, we're talking about a trust issue. You know, I just mentioned our good friend DG. Having chemistry, knowing personalities is critical when it comes to trust. Because, you know, and, and I, I know this firsthand, sometimes you don't get truth in news. Right. Things can affect you personally that have not been vetted, that aren't true, that aren't accurate. But every he- headlines are, you know, they feed these out to news feeds and fake headlines go out. So having truth come through your airwaves, whether it's a TV station or a podcast or KWAM, is critical knowing who you're talking to. Yeah. How do you how do you build that trust with your audience over time? Was it just staying in the trenches together every single night you were in their living rooms? And well, over time they trusted you. Well, I think you take as much time as you can to um vet even your trusted producers and writers. Because because wow. as much as you trust them, they could be wrong. And you're sitting there having said something to your loyal viewers that it turns out is not true and there is nothing worse than that so you take as much time as possible and you vet even the ones you trust uh, because you can really do harm to families and to a community Mm -hmm. Uh, the way that crime is covered in memphis makes you think that every hour at least a thousand people are dying at, at a minimum at a minimum that simply is not True. Mm-hmm. Period. So it's interesting. You referred to the newsroom slashes that have taken over the, the industry. The Los Angeles Times, they slashed their newsroom by 20%. At the national level, CNN, The Washington Post, NPR, Vox, NBC News, CNBC, other organizations have had these massive layoffs. And we're even seeing it in local newsrooms as well. I still think local journalism matters. I mean, I'm curious about you as a meteorologist. You were competing with apps, right? That was not always the case at one time, but it still matters to have a person that is relaying that information. Apps are wrong. I I mean, I get this question all the time because you've got a small group of people in Atlanta making decisions for a nation on apps, and they have no idea what's happening locally. But to, to get back to your point and Merle's as well, Just do the math. When you've got corporations gobbling up TV stations, everything now becomes the bottom line. And how is the stock price doing? How do you affect the stock price? You cut costs. How do you cut costs? You lay off people or you slash salaries. I'm sure they were thrilled to see Merle's salary leave. I know they were thrilled to see my salary leave. And what do you do? You hire younger. A ton of kids. Less experienced and much, much cheaper. Well, I've, I've heard this over and over from viewers who are watching local news going, 
the product has changed. And that's just that, that's going to be the law of the land as companies are taking resources away from these stations. And it doesn't mean that the younger people aren't working hard. It doesn't mean they're not trying to get it right. But there is no comparison to a combined, what, 60 years of experience combined to uh, four years out of college. Or, or less. Or less. They're trying. They're just they're trying. They're just, it just takes time. It's and not them. It's, it's, it's you got to spend money for training. And that money very often is not there to assist the younger folk. Bill? I'll... I'll get in on this, but I think today what I see is when I watch the national news and the news channels, it's like watching the National Enquirer speaking. Uh, I want truth, and I mean, and we just don't get truth, and I, I know we got two of the best people on TV right here in this studio today, today. and uh, and it's just like politicians. They'd rather climb a thorn tree and tell a lie than stand on the ground and tell the truth. I mean, it's just crazy how we hear things that are not truthful. And we, we strive for truth, we, try, we strive for leadership, and we strive for communications at FCG, and that's what we do. But when I watch something, I want to hear the truth. I don't want to hear somebody saying something crazy where they just try to get my attention. And that's one thing good about this show, Ben, and you, that y'all really do it right, and I'm happy Thank to be you. a part of it. Thank you. All right, on the other side of the break. So what's next, or what has Merle been up to? We'll ask her that question. Also, a new f- survey found that Gen Zers are now suffering from what they're calling menu anxiety, where some youngsters are scared to order their own food at new restaurants. We'll ask those that are not Gen Zers about that on the other side. And then also, is it okay to go to bed angry? Is it bad for you? We'll have Ooh, that result on question. the other side. All right, so she's won eight regional Emmy Awards, the most prestigious Edward R. Murrow Award, all sorts of different awards. So what does a woman like that do on her off time when she's not in your living room? That's the question we're asking Merle Purvis. <laughs> of course, Joey Silva, Bill Gurner, also in studio. So what, what are you up to? Well, um, I got BET Plus. I've canceled because you had, what is it, seven days or <laughs> seven trial. weeks yeah. or whatever. I've canceled that. And now I'm binge watching Friends because it's happy. Yeah. And until the weather is warm, then I'm back in the yard. My back is almost healed from hauling concrete last year. And then I'm planning a trip to Ireland. Uh, I'm going to the Peace Center for a while with, uh, out in Summer County when they finish that. Uh, I am going to <gasps> what? I'm I'm thinking about getting a pet. So no way. Like most people, I'm going to a pet show in Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> what is a pet show? I don't I've even heard know. Of a farm show. You know, you know the kennel club where the oh, best like the of show, show, like the movie. Yeah, I'm going to that. To what pick is it? My like cats, iguanas, or snakes, or is it just? <laughs> Wait, you're going to one of those dog fancy show. dog shows, and yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. get a dog while you're well, there. I've got a friend who's showing her dog for the first time, so I thought. I need to go there and see which of the dogs you can would, steal would, that can wake me up or just say, she's not getting up. Let me walk myself. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. Okay. Um, big passion. I know you care a lot about reading across the city oh, and teaching young people yes. literacy. Joey and I have a book club. No way. 
Well, she's she's the leader of the band. <laughs> so what does it look like? You pop up at different schools? We text each other books that we should read. We're voracious readers. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but wow. she, her passion for that has spilled Love over for decades. Kids. I've watched her read to kids, provide books for kids, write checks for these kids. Um, it's a can big can deal. I do a plug for like businesses? You absolutely I can. wanted our station to send volunteers into a nearby elementary school because I thought if we would read every day some of the workers to a class, uh, kindergarten or first grade, we could change the reading level in that school within one year upwards. Uh, I just, I look at their faces, I know instantly who's not getting read to at home mm-hmm. and it breaks my heart and so if it's just reading to them it inspires them and they want and you should see me i'm a character when i read a book but i do think that is the way we change things by reading to babies and just watching their brains explore what do i want to do next yeah okay cool that's Wonderful. I love to see that. Um, Last question about the TV career, because we're going to put a pin in it, and then we're going to move on. Do you miss it? No. 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 You you did it. No, no. I stayed long enough, and I took a long time deciding, and and I knew I had. I knew I could live okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) without working. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. I just was curious. You know, that's a long time to be on camera, to be, you know, known around the community. What's it like being at the Kroger on Kirby and someone walks up to you? Is, it's, this, a, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's, a, it, they, it's the same thing. Auntie. Loyal. What do they call you? Uh, yeah, I'm Auntie. 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 Claudia Barr. Claudia Barr. Okay. That's, Auntie is now beating out Claudia Barr. They would say, Claudia. <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. I no. love you so much. <laughs> and of course, Claudia was one of the first. Uh, uh, female, black female anchors in the Southeast. And so that was kind of an honor. And sometimes, you know, depending on what I was looking like, I would s- just not correct that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. That, that's funny. Um, I had to ask you about that. All right. Is going to bed angry bad for you? I'm curious to know. Joey, do you go to, you've heard the statement, right? Like, never let the sun go down on the ground or something. Do you suggest making the wrongs right before going to bed every night? You know, I think, let's, let's put that in a bigger picture. Everybody needs to manage their emotions. And uh, if we're talking about in a relationship, I mean, being able to step back from conflict, take a moment to take a breath, uh, a reset, that's healthy. So I- I'll say this. If going to bed angry means you both wake up calm and in a new frame of mind, I think that's okay. The bigger issue is let's give things time to cool down and breathe because cooler heads always prepare. Remember this. Oh, that's good. Remember this in any situation. Whoever yells loses. I don't care if it's at work. I don't care where you are. Whoever you've yells. You've already lost. You've lost. If you're yelling, you're losing. But it feels good. All right. <laughs> it does. I'm sorry. Yeah, it go. does. What about you, Bill? My motto is you can... Even at work, you can say anything you have to say. It's the way you say it. If you phrase it correctly, it will be taken okay. But if you have a temper or you don't think it through, it can be a disaster. So if you have a hang-up with your boss, instead of just going in there mad and upset, think about it and approach it the right way, and you'll be okay. 
I that was really really wild. That, yeah, Bill has that voice. He always talked me into running for political office. He did. Wait a minute. I begged Merle to run for political office. He begged. He begged Merle to run for mayor. We almost had her. Whoa! No, can you imagine Mayor Merle? Uh, no, no, she would have won in no, a landslide. I can tell no, you that right now. I can't. No, I can't. No, of course not. Of course not. What did he just say about politicians? They lie, <laughs> and you don't like to lie. You don't lie. You no, tell the truth. So. No, I don't. It's anger is not my thing. My thing is disappointment. The thing about going to bed angry, here's the issue for me as someone who can be highly emotional. I can't sleep if I'm angry, so there's no sleeping. There's no win-win for me because if I'm angry going to bed, I don't sleep. You're too so worked up. Right. Yeah, I'm too worked up. I want to just get in there, and I want to duke it out, and I want to be so much closer on the other side. You That's why I'm win. not dating. You never win that way, Ben. Okay. You're not dating? No. It's the industry. Would you tell him I'm a matchmaker? She's a matchmaker. Six couples. She's the, she got the magic. Holy crap. Yeah. Six couples. <laughs> no, no, it's what she does. So if you see a Hello. car parked out there waiting for <laughs> I'm just checking out, you know. Okay. All right. Hello, Dolly. Uh, hello, Mara. <laughs> She's Cupid. Okay. I like this. Um, last thing. Um, Gen Zers are suffering with menu anxiety. They say they're too scared to order their own food. They say all of the decisions on the menu make them feel anxious. So what they do is they ask a boomer to help them order. What do you make of it? I, you know, I think I, I read that article and part of it was about prices now are also through the roof. Yeah. Um, let, you know, let's get people just to stand on their yeah. own two feet. And besides, a boomer would be their Gigi, their grandma, their, right? Right. right. So, also, if they do not have a picture on the menu, I also will walk out of that restaurant. That's why I don't go to fence, like a Michelin star restaurant. You never find me in one because they don't have a picture. No picture, no prices. Ah, uh, prices, prices. <laughs> that is fraud. Yeah. Like the BBC <laughs> or, or the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> The BBC, what? this is America, Ben. Okay, USA. This, this is my this is my love. Also, of, Merle is having a fight with that microphone. It's, no, it's giving I up don't a ghost. Know. You know, this is my sign. Never go back. No, that's never what, return. That's what this broken microphone is telling her. Never Stay return. away. Never. But is this is me. Saying? I want to sit in three thousand dollar chairs in the restaurant, but I want my food from South Memphis. <laughs> What what's your favorite? If you could pick a, a favorite South Memphis, sure. uh, well, I I would like turnip greens, uh, barbecue wing. Well, just dry wings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would like lima beans. Best wings. Answer it. Come on, don't do me like that, brother. I know you want. I I, I sat here and thought, so I asked her. <laughs> I'll tell you what we had a consensus. All right, you've got twenty seconds. Elwood's. I got to go with Elwood Shack. Bill? If you go to a Mexican restaurant, would you order a number 13? I don't know what that is. Right, they only want numbers, right? They only want numbers. Guys, <laughs> no, thanks I for wouldn't. hanging out. We're going to have to scoot to break. I got Box 13. I got it. I wouldn't order it. I wouldn't order it. No 13s. Oh, now we're getting too controversial. <laughs> Guys, it was fun. We'll see you tomorrow morning.